0: That gives you a fresh perspective and challenges your limiting beliefs.
1: Laugh, cry, and grow as we share
0: personal anecdotes and interviews from people that have demonstrated what it takes to be successful. By implementing these practices, you will develop your unique skill set and learn how to better serve your community. Prepare your hearts and enjoy this time designed just for you.
1: So a question I ask people is how do you like your bad news? Like a band aid or sugar coated?
0: <laughs> oh, and what's most people's response?
1: They actually say band aid. Yeah. So I have I haven't had someone say sugar coat yet.
0: Now is this mostly like work? Yes. Okay, because I feel like if it's personal bad news, then it's like oh sugar coat that. But if it's like
1: you're beautiful, you're hot. <laughs> oh, this one thing happened, and I love you like a sandwich. <laughs>
0: Do you want to go get food? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's always a good way that to end it. That makes it better. Well. All that the, to say. We got a tough chapter to talk about tonight. Yep. It is
1: Marie Forleo's Everything is outable Chapter 4, and it's all about eliminating
0: excuses. Yes. So the fun quotes that go with this is, the worst lies are the lies we tell ourselves by Richard Bach.
1: And we won't read the next one. We
0: will not because it's inappropriate.
1: Well that, and you know what they say about excuses. So,
0: assumptions
1: and, and also assumptions. excuses. Yep. Assumptions and excuses. <laughs> yes. If you need a diagram, we can draw one for you on our after hours episode oh. that we will not be having.
0: <laughs> You'll never find it. It's off air. Yeah, too bad, huh? Guys, this is a hard topic because the excuses are understandable. And there is truth to them. Mm. But at the end of the day, it's still an excuse. Because everything
1: is figure outable. There's a way to get around it somehow or to work through it somehow. So this chapter, again, it's going to help you combat whatever the false narrative is inside of your head. Mm-hmm. So Marie opens the chapter with how it's funny when you have your alarm set for a regular work day, let's say you don't like your job, and when the alarm goes off at whatever time, you're just like, oh my goodness, and I'm so tired, and maybe I can sleep 10 more minutes, or, you know, there you go. Or, let's say you're looking forward to something
0: very exciting, Mm -hmm. and your alarm goes off at
1: 4.30 in the morning, and you pop up, you're like, yeah, let's go! And you're ready.
0: Yeah, like maybe you're going on a trip to Hawaii, and your flight is really early, And so you wake up pumped and full of energy. And so you can't, in those situations, you can't say you didn't get enough sleep. Right. Because you actually got less sleep for your Hawaii trip, and you're super thrilled about it. Right, you're going to rally. Yeah. So, again, that whole
1: conundrum is the basis of eliminating excuses. Why can we be a morning person
0: one day and not the other? It's just a choice. It is. And, oh, it's hard to... Think of it as just a choice. Mm-hmm. But man, if you want it bad enough, you will find a way.
1: Right. So we talk about something that's, we call it limiting beliefs, which is something that's going on inside of you or inside of your head that is actually holding you back. So, for example, in the book, she gives a few I need to start exercising again, but I'm just so busy with work and the kids. I just, I can't. I have no time so that would be an example of a limiting belief like there and we'll address these about finding time and all that kind of stuff
0: as we go in
1: yes. the chapter
0: um so again she's just reminding us that if we truly believe that everything is figure outable then all the excuses have to go because excuses basically conflict with the idea that everything's figure outable so you're basically giving a reason why it's not
1: but it is. Right. It's outable. So this chapter is going to help you reclaim some energy and give you some power to change. And she starts the next little section with two four-letter words that will annihilate your excuses. And so I've, I have adopted this kind of about maybe a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's can't and won't. So those are the two four-letter words. If you're saying, oh, I can't work out. I don't have time. And she lists a lot of things. I can't get up and work out every day. I can't find the time to get writing done. I can't forgive her for what she's done. I can't take that job. It's across the country. I can't ask for help. The list goes on. So all you need to do is just rephrase it. So can't is really just code for don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to get up and work out. or I don't want to do the laundry today. So if you change it to won't, that's going to be something that changes your mind with I feel how you're like thinking
0: about it. Won't puts the responsibility back on you. Yes. And can't is putting the responsibility on outside forces. Right. When it really is your decision. Right. So, I can't find the time to spend more time with my kiddos. And man, if you say I won't find the time. Ooh, dang. I know. So the can't and won't
1: that just reveals the ugly truth that's inside somehow so i can't learn a new language well she tells you how you can do that how to find your time how to figure it out so
0: and i think the one step beyond that is when you put won't in there and that gets something turning inside i think you got to stew in that and figure out that mm-hmm. that won't is it because you prioritize something else is it you know um Maybe it causes anxiety, the idea of doing it. Uh, There's, I think you really got to explore when you hear that won't and it's unsettling. I think you need to explore that further because if you don't, that same, it's the same root probably of a lot of different issues.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. So what, do you have an example off the top of your head maybe?
0: Mm. Hypothetically or a friend or... (laughs) So, for a friend, (laughs) no... Um, let's see, I, uh, used to work every Saturday and Sunday and stay at school really late. And I basically was, I have to go to work. I can't not go to work. Mm -hmm. And then when it was, well, it's, I won't stay home and, you know, be with my new husband or whatever, you know, a lot of that was, I wanted to do really well at my job And putting that aside next to, but I also want to be a really good spouse. And so, um, also the fear of, well, what if I don't go and my room's not clean and organized and they fire me? And it's like, okay, are they really Mm going to fire you? And if you don't go, what's really going to happen? And so, just seeing that there's this like unrealistic fear that somehow if I didn't go into work... Every weekend, the whole school year, that somehow I would end up fired. And so, once I had that kind of like rational, irrational um, way to evaluate my anxiety, that really helped give me control back over some of the things I was try- choosing to do with my time that conflicted with what I also wanted to be was a really good spouse. Yeah.
1: So. I like how you said it. it's sometimes it just comes down to prioritization. And that's okay too. Like, instead of working out, If you are so tired and exhausted, you've got to get to sleep or you're not going to be able to drive to work. Like some days I get to work and I don't know how I got there Mm because I was very tired. So that's dangerous. So finding that balance between, yes, you need to work out. Can you maybe work out at a different time in a different way that is not going to exhaust you? So again, that just comes with trial and error.
0: And and that's the key part, right? If you say... Well, I won't work out because I know I'll just be more tired. But you haven't actually tried it. Yeah. Yet. Um, A lot of people that work out before work, uh, they didn't think they'd ever be that person. But it was like the only time they could find. And now Mm -hmm. they wouldn't want to work out any other time. So um, I gave that life up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It really... So... I think it just it just depends on you in that season, in mm-hmm. that stage. Like right now with work, for both of us, it's extremely busy right now and things have to go right because it's state required. Mm-hmm. So there's that. So it's hard to, you've got to do well at this one thing. So for this little season, that may jump up a notch over something else. And that's okay. Just make sure you're constantly checking your priorities. Make sure you're doing a time audit and figuring out Okay, well, if I want X, then I need to do
0: this to get that. Am I actually doing that? I think it's important to mention here, too, if you're just jumping into this book series in this episode, the last chapter talked about your beliefs and how much they can affect the choices you make. Um, So, again, when you stew in why you won't do the things that you know you need to do to reach your goal, um, you might check, again, your beliefs and your environment, and the people that are influencing you. So if you're kind of struggling with this chapter, it would probably be beneficial to go back and listen to the chapter before this on beliefs.
1: She also talks about in this section, her quote
0: is, you are 100%
1: responsible for your life. So again, we're putting our spin on it. So you need to pray like it depends on God, because obviously he's in control of everything, but you need to work like it depends on you. We mentioned this a couple episodes ago about oh, I want to win the lottery, but I'm never going to buy a ticket. Why aren't you letting me win the lottery, God? Like, mm-hmm. Okay, well, you need to get in your car, drive to the store, actually buy a ticket, and then we'll see. <laughs> like yeah. That's also not saying you're about to win the lottery, people no. who are reading way into this.
0: I like the flood story, too, where yes. the town is flooding, and someone comes by in their car. He's like, no, God will save me. It's flooding some more. People come by in a boat. He says, no, God will save me. And then he's on the roof, and a helicopter comes by. And he doesn't get in. He says God's going to save him. And he drowns and dies. And he gets to heaven and he says, God, why didn't you save me? And he's like, I sent a car, a boat, and a helicopter. Mm-hmm. What <laughs> What did you want from me? So, um, yes, you are a, this, again, she says you're 100% responsible for your life. Again, um, having that relationship with God and being on the lookout for the support along the way and acting when you know you should
1: and to be specific you are 100 percent responsible for how you respond to whatever happens in your life so again things are going to happen to you things are going to happen to me Farron is bad things happen because we live in a broken world but what is your response to that are you just going to curl up in the fetal position for the rest of your life or are you going to pick yourself back up get some tools in your tool belt and move forward what's going to happen that's totally up to you. You are in charge of how you're going to handle the situation.
0: And she's very upfront about it. She's not just talking about a speeding ticket or a stub toe. She's talking about that. There is going to be some very significant times in life, um, that are traumatic. And, um, again, not that it's easy and it might take, you know, uh, really strong measures to get through those situations. Um, But you have a choice in that. Right. Alrighty. So then she goes in and shares a whole bunch of people's stories, which they are very inspiring. And they made me feel a little bit bad for complaining about anything I've ever complained (laughs) about in my whole life. So if you need kind of a reality check, or maybe you have been through some awful things and just knowing that someone else has been through it and how they got through it and got to the place they're at now, um, I think you'd really enjoy those
1: stories. Right. So right after some anecdotes, she talks about, it's called, the title is Truth and Tactics Overcoming Perceived Limitations. So she's going to give us some things to do to overcome whatever those limiting beliefs are if you don't have the time or the whatever. So we're going to start with the first one.
0: Excuse number one. I don't have the time. I think this is like the most common um, excuse that really feels like a reality. Um, But I like the suggestion she had, which was mapping out how you are spending your time. But not like sit down and in five minutes write down what your day looks like. But kind of like when you're counting calories or food and you're writing down every single thing you put in your mouth. Um... So as you're going through your day, how much time are you spending on social media, watching TV, at work, commuting to work, going to the grocery store? Um, So not just things that are frivolous, things that really do take time. Mm -hmm. Bathing your children. Yeah. And then washing their clothes and bathing them again.
1: The reason behind the time audit, and we actually have a freebie already prepared. We'll put it in the show notes. So if you want that, it's a... It's a schedule of the whole day, and you can audit your time. And be specific if you need to do break down the sections even more. If you only spent four minutes doing one thing, then write that on that bar too. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind. The purpose of the time audit is to see where you can collect extra time. Like if you look through Facebook on t- 10 minutes here and 15 minutes there and 20 minutes there and 5 minutes there, that's about an hour Mm-hmm. That, that you could have back just because you were mindlessly scrolling through Facebook, which guilty.
0: Guilty. But, and you didn't have to get up earlier, and you didn't have to stay up later. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's awesome. Because uh, we do value sleep as well.
1: Yes. Very much. And I recently watched a TED talk on how what happens to your body when you have REM sleep, and it's fascinating, so I'll put it in the show notes too, but it Combating a lot of things, trying to attack your system.
0: So mm-hmm. it's crazy how much sleep actually helps you. Yeah. And just uh, some alarming stats. If you spend 30 minutes a day on your phone, which I probably spend more, but just let's say hypothetically, only 30 minutes, right. um, that over the course of a year equates to 22 full workdays. 22
1: eight hour workdays.
0: Yeah, not like half days. Yeah. Not like with a three-hour lunch days. I don't know what that life's like. (laughs) But. Okay, what about this one? 60
1: minutes a day, either on your news or reading the news, email, gossip.
0: That equates to 45 work days. Gosh, what if you were like, boss, I'm taking a month and a half off to work on my passion. Eh, no, you can't. Yeah, you're fired. Whenever you could have just, what are you doing with that one hour? Mm-hmm.
1: You could have written the first draft of your book, launched a new revenue stream, secured a raise, made a career change.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. L- Listen to
1: this podcast. I feel guilty <laughs> just reading those. I know it's the math adds up quickly, and something that could help you is if you think of your minutes like dollars. So if I'm about to spend thirty dollars on something, I mean, what else could you be doing with those thirty dollars? That is like.
0: Chick-fil-A and Starbucks in the mm. same day, people. It's also like 60 Jack-in-the-Box tacos <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you need that in your life. That's too big of an amount. I can't oh convert my gosh. that. I think this is another situation where when you are spending time on sc- screen time, that you ask yourself, why are you doing it? Are you doing it as an escape? Are you doing it to check out? Um, are you doing it because maybe you're obsessed with... What people think mm-hmm. of you, You're or the to keep status up with quo. The Joneses, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think again, if you can look at the root of the issue, then you can really make some big strides.
1: Yeah. Or are you using it to keep up with friends? Or are you using it? Are you using your Facebook powers for good and not evil? <laughs> so again, core motivation. What is that doing? Is that serving you? If it's not, drop it. And that's her first step. If you want to try to find more time, you need to eliminate media consumption. Which may sound crazy. Try it for a day. Try it for the morning. Try it for an hour. Depends yeah. on how um, close you are in contact with your screen. So I would say if you are on your screen a lot all day, can you wait until 9 to check Facebook? Can you wait until 10? Maybe you can take some baby steps and work towards it. It's almost like fasting.
0: Intermittent it is. Fasting. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. And... um This, she mentions it here, but I think it's going to be consistent throughout the chapter in the book that nothing changes if nothing changes. So you're not going to find more time unless you change something. Right. Getting up earlier, looking at how you're spending your time, limiting screen time. Mm -hmm. So I think if you first swallow the pill that something's going to have to change. It doesn't magically come from anywhere. Um then you're you're ready to actually make some changes. And you can
1: even, if you can find a way to do two things at once, like if you were trying to get this book read and done, but you also commute an hour every day, get an audio book. Consume the book that way. And if that bothers you, then find another way to do it. Mm -hmm. So maybe you can combine some certain things um, if you're a new mom, I don't recommend eating and showering at the same time. Mm. That can get a little messy, as much as you want to do that.
0: But if you're going back to school, you can read your textbooks to your child before bed. Yeah, you can. So you still get the mom and child bonding experience, but you <laughs> also get caught up on your required reading.
1: In a word-rich environment. Yeah, you
0: developing their vocabulary. Well done. <laughs>
1: Kids need to learn about neuroplasticity at the age of three.
0: Here we go. Oh, my
1: gosh. (laughs) We don't recommend that. The next step is to break out of your inbox. So a lot of people have to check their email for work every day. Is there a time where you can... uh, There's a thing called batching, which means you can do the same thing for a while. So if I get emails throughout the day, but I don't necessarily need to check it, I just need to make sure it gets done by the end of the day, maybe the hour before... I can check through it and see what all is vital. So if that works, because what I don't like is when I'm in the middle of doing something and then, mm-hmm. bing! And then I got to check my email because what if it's something that I have to do right then? Oh, it's not? Okay, now I need to switch gears again, get back to the project I was working on. Bing!
0: Ah! So, or if it's a frustrating email and you got to get your emotional state back before you go back and teach the kids. Yes. <sighs> Speaking for a friend. no um my mother-in-law she is a lawyer and has her own law firm and she talked i mean she has one of those jobs where she's got to be responding to emails and putting out fires and so she right in the morning like looks at her inbox and marks the ones that have to be responded to the ones that can be responded to someone else and then the ones that need responding but she has time and then she comes back to them later And check, so yeah, the certain times of checking instead Mm -hmm. of, I feel like it wouldn't be productive because again, you're always getting interrupted and not getting anything really accomplished. Yeah,
1: airplane mode for a reason. And I like that. Find the hour when you need to do that, which will serve you best. Like if it is checking it first thing in the morning okay, that's how I have to set my day because every day is different. Mm-hmm. So like with your mother-in-law, every day is different. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know what's going to fall on her desk that day. So by checking it first thing, she can set up her whole day before she even gets to work. Yep. Which, again, is a huge time saver. And she's not having to get there and then look through everything and then figure it out. So yep. if that works for you, do that. The third little tactic here is eat better, faster, and cheaper. So they did some calculations in here about how is fast food really cheaper, and they gave some examples side-by-side on you could feed your family for $28 here, or you could do a simple meal at home for $14 per person, or for $14 total. So, Mm -hmm. again, breaking it down that way. Or I know for me, cooking's not my jam, but don't you like home-cooked meals? Yes, yes I do, but I just want them to be just magically appearing But if I can find a better way to, I mean, list has been great. Mm. So you can do your grocery list, fill it all together, go pick it up after work. You didn't have to walk through the whole store with three children. Stay in the basket. Don't touch anything. Also, smile and be happy.
0: (laughs) Don't put that in your mouth. No! Yeah, I think, too, she talks about how, like, the meal prep, the cooking and the cleaning up and that is not only a time consumption but an energy consume consumer sure making up yep Mm -hmm. it's facts so she talks about cooking large quantities and while it's not the most exciting thing um if you cook a lot one night then you're not cooking every single night because you can Mm -hmm. have leftovers the next day unless someone doesn't like leftovers
1: yeah if someone doesn't like leftovers, that is a little bit challenging. But maybe they'll get on board if you can say, look how much time, energy, effort, money we're saving. By having this. Yeah, spreadsheets. Or even what you can do if leftovers aren't your thing. You can freeze the other half and then... Surprise them. Saw it two weeks later. Hey.
0: And look what I cooked today.
1: <laughs> All right. Get some pans out. You did put have it back to in the pan. it. <laughs> Yes, if you had to use dishes, then that counts.
0: Yeah, I think so. I agree. Well done. Um, I do like, too, at the end, she said, you know, if a doctor said that, you know, your life depended on finding, like, the only cure for your illness was that you'd have to find, you know, two hours a day, like, to free up, Mm -hmm. or you would die. I bet you could do it. You would find it. Yeah. So, again, if it matters enough, Mm -hmm. you will find a way.
1: I love how she also said you can't manage what you can't man or what you can't measure. Let me say that again. You can't manage what you don't measure. Like mm-hmm. I don't know where my time is going if I don't look at the data. Yep. I don't know where my money is going if I'm not looking at it. A lot of people just spend frivolously and they wonder why they're broke all the time. Yeah. So that's why Dave Ramsey's so great. He makes you put money in envelopes and when you run out you're like whoa i guess i can't have any more fun thanks dave but there's that yeah okay so that was the excuse number one i don't
0: have enough time Mm -hmm. and excuse number two i don't have the money which is also very true but i bet there's a way (laughs) <laughs> yes. I know
1: as a teacher I do throw that around a lot I'm like listen y'all please don't take my pencils home because <laughs> I can't spend one more dollar on pencils again
0: so there are ways money does not in fact go on trees and it's not going to magically technically it's made
1: out of paper and paper comes from trees
0: and cotton that's why when you wash it it doesn't fall apart
1: oh snap
0: yep don't ask me percentages on the cotton. What percentage? But, uh, I don't. 33.3333. <laughs> three, 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 three. Well done. I see what you did there. Four. Rounding <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, it should be two because 0.3. I don't know. It's past my math. It's past <laughs> my math time. <laughs> <laughs> it's nap time, not math time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, it talks about, you know, you might have to work your full-time job and then work a side job. Yeah, Marie...
1: Marine. The, the money. author Marie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we knew B-money, now we got M-money.
1: That's right. She worked her side hustle for seven years. She worked her full-time job and worked on the business she's built today for seven years before she felt financially comfortable enough to step away from working multiple jobs at one time.
0: Yeah, right now... We are doing this as a side job, finding extra time in the day, not making money yet. That's <laughs> yeah, like how you said yet. Yet, <laughs> yes, you got to be optimistic. But we didn't just go from one job to the other. Like we didn't quit our day jobs and then just start this. Um, I mean, it's been over a year.
1: Well, and what's interesting is there was, it wasn't that long ago, maybe two or three years ago, where we would physically get to spend each, spend time together maybe like
0: quarterly. Times a year.
1: (laughs) Which is dumb. And my husband would always be like, Farron's your best friend. Why don't you go see her more? I'm like, We don't have time. (laughs) Because new like mom of young kids. We alternated having babies. Yes, that's hard. Because then what were we thinking? I don't we always (laughs) wanted to be like pregnant at the same time, but it was just nope. Yeah. We were just collectively pregnant for like a decade together, I guess. (laughs) It's been the longest Life ever. <laughs> yes.
0: But uh, now we get to spend well, lots of time.
1: And what's interesting is that we didn't have a time turner from Hermione Granger. Oh, we yeah. we made the time. So whenever we came up with this, or we felt led to start this podcast, our husbands were like, so when are you going to do that? Yeah. Lots of questions. Right. So, <laughs> geez, why can't we just quit our job and do it? <laughs> so that doesn't work, because then we will for sure not have enough money. Yeah. But we... Carved out time. We came up with schedules.
0: We It has talked. cost some money. Oh, yes. But we've, we've chosen when and how much and spread it out. So. Yes. And that comes with just
1: lots of discussion, on not just between me and you, but our spouses too. Mm-hmm. Especially if there's not money. Right. <laughs> then we've got to figure it Because then the out.
0: discussion's over. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, but even just spending this amount of time together, mm-hmm. like this equates to a part-time job. So we are working our 40, air quote, hour job (laughs) per week plus this part-time gig. So you can figure it out. We're doing it right now. Mm -hmm. And we have kids, little kids. That's not saying like, oh, you're not doing the thing. Shame on you. No, that's not. We're just saying if we were able to do it, maybe that could give you some
0: confidence to do it too. And like one popular topic is mom guilt. And so... We usually meet together Friday nights just before the kids go to bed, so we are gone during their sleeping hours, Mm -hmm. which we did mention we like our sleep too. Yes, so that's the resource we sacrifice, and
1: that's also part of the grind. So we did a grit mini series last semester. Oh, I like the word semester. Educate, educated. (laughs) So we that that's what we're living right now. Like we are in the trenches grinding, doing it. So,
0: yeah. You can it's do it. it. It's all worth it. Like soccer, we've talked about. we oh played soccer. Who would ever go run five miles? But I'll chase a soccer ball in the field for five miles. For real. Or, you know, you'll chase the forward. That's right. The I got you. Tall, brunette chick.
1: Yep. You know,
0: knock her down. Oh, my goodness. It's okay. I I'm forgive sorry.
1: you. I, listen, we talked about this. <laughs> I think it was episode nine or ten. The one about
0: Ball fall camp.
1: camp. Ooh, If you know a college athlete, send that to them because yes. it will be, <laughs> they can relate.
0: Or if they used to be. For Or right. if they're or headed if they that kid. way.
1: And if they have a kid, that's in the, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. wow, fun times. It I was... apologize for everything I did those years at that school. I'm oh, sorry. I forgive you. Thank you. <laughs>
0: Unconditional love, baby. All right. Excuse number three. I don't know how. I don't know where to start. Oh, man. Did you know everything about podcasting before we started this? Let me tell you, (laughs) Farron. No. (laughs) We knew what microphone to get.
1: Well, that's... After we
0: asked people. (laughs) Right. So this whole section
1: is about how... Thank goodness we have Google. Mm Mm-hmm. She gives some stats in here about how if you have a phone that has internet capabilities, you you now have access to more than the president did 15 years ago.
0: Mm.
1: What? So it would take them however long to finally figure out this information. Remember going to the library and you have to pull that row of index cards out and you had to flip through and then you had to find where the book was and then go get the book and then, yeah.
0: Mm. That's... Yes. It's rough, y'all. It's rough. But uh, it used to be.
1: Yeah, but now we have the internet. So, like you said, Farron, we just knew that we were supposed to start a podcast. And we were going to follow the call. And then our next step was like, okay, God, so can you show us our next steps? He said,
0: yes, I gave you YouTube.
1: (laughs) Thank you, sir. So then we promptly hopped on the YouTubes and we figured out... (laughs) what to do. Why and is it
0: called YouTube? I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> is I it shaped leave. like a U? Maybe. What kind of tube? <laughs> An inflatable tube? The P trap underneath the oh sink my. tube? <laughs> <laughs> it is past our bedtime. Mm. We did tell them that.
1: So it's, yeah, I think if people listen to enough episodes, Over the course of time they'll realize, wow, they're getting really late into their recording session. The more goofy we get. So we're we're there. (laughs) High and deep in the weird. So But
0: still oddly accurate in all of our facts (laughs) and advice. Look at
1: us go. Okay. So now, the last part, so it's closing chapter four. And remember, at the end of every chapter, she gives insight to action challenges. So again, she gives you things that you can do right now if you have the book. We'll link that in the show notes if you want to hop on and grab your copy. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: again, she gives a few things to do that you can start with.
0: And I think this part is important because you might say, time's not my issue and money's not my issue. (laughs) And I know where to start, so then I don't know (laughs) why. Yeah, there could be more issues out there, and so this will help you like put a name to it, and hopefully help you find the next steps and how to um, overcome whatever excuse you may have.
1: Right. So we don't want to give
0: away everything she is saying to do in here, um, but just trust us on this
1: one, and we'll add freebies as we go if we can find a way to do that for you. That will be conducive to our. Audience in particular.
0: Yeah, we want to make sure it's something that fits y'all and something that we can, you know, stand behind and say that's worked for us. Right. Um, so watch for that.
1: Okay, so that closes episode 42 of Everything is Figure chapter four.
0: Yes, well, I was just seeing though, she has this at the end Bonus um, wordplay challenge. Yeah, that sounds like fun. Except, what does it say? Um, that you might not really want to do it and that's okay. But that lets you know that you can move on with your life and figure out what your passion is. Um, so she's got a little blip in there about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe you go through these exercises and realize, wow, it's not that I won't. The reason I won't do it is cause I really don't want to. Um, and that's okay. Okay. It is okay, and once you accept that, then you can move on and go after what you're really supposed to do. Alrighty, so yes, the end of chapter
1: four, and next week to Tasia, chapter five, how to deal with the fear of anything. Oh my goodness. Hollow to my Enneagram sixes. <laughs> <laughs> and stressed out nines. Here.
0: <laughs> Present. Present. <laughs> say what i'm saying. Uh, jinx.
1: Double, double jinx.
0: Flanker and parent. No. Come on.
1: <laughs> I mess it up every time.
0: It's if okay. you don't know
1: what this whole jinx thing is, check out some Facebook lives that we have on our
0: YouTube's and <laughs> the tuber, the oh the youb. <laughs> Is it the you I can't remember. Oh. Uh, It'll make sense later. Well, or maybe not.
1: This is the longest signing off. This
0: will make sense when I'm older. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Thanks for listening to the Witty and Gritty podcast. Join us at wittyandgritty.blog where you can subscribe to our newsletter, check out our blog, and listen to more episodes. We have a Facebook group out there just
1: for you for discussion, support, and community. And don't forget to get your freebie that's designed just for this mini series. If you have any questions, reach out. We'll be right there.